0: Chapter 16 Your Subconscious Mind and Harmonious Human Relations In studying this book, you learn that your subconscious mind is a recording machine, which faithfully reproduces whatever you impress upon it. This is one of the reasons for the application of the Golden Rule in human relations. All things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. This quotation has outer and inner meanings. You are interested in its inner meaning from the standpoint of your subconscious mind, which is, as you would that men should think about you, think you about them in a like manner. As you would that men should feel about you, feel you also about them in like manner. As you would want men to act toward you, act you toward them in like manner. For example, you may be polite and courteous to someone in your office, but when his back is turned, you are very critical and resentful toward him in your mind. Such negative thoughts are highly destructive to you. It is like taking poison. You are actually taking mental poisons which rob you of vitality, enthusiasm, strength, guidance, and goodwill. These negative thoughts and emotions sink down into your subconscious and cause all kinds of difficulties and maladies in your life. THE MASTER KEY TO HAPPY RELATIONSHIPS WITH OTHERS Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. A study of this quotation and the application of the inner truths therein contained represent the real key to harmonious relations. To judge is to think, to arrive at a mental verdict or conclusion in your mind. The thought you have about the other person is your thought because you are thinking it. Your thoughts are creative, therefore you actually create in your own experience what you think and feel about the other person. It is also true that the suggestion you give to another, you give to yourself because your mind is the creative medium. This is why it is said, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. When you know this law and the way your subconscious mind works, you are careful to think, feel, and act right towards others. These verses teach you about the emancipation of man and reveal to you the solution to your individual problems. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. The good you do for others comes back to you in like measure, and the evil you do returns to you by the law of your own mind. If a man cheats and deceives another, he is actually cheating and deceiving himself. His sense of guilt and mood of loss inevitably will attract loss to him in some way at some time. His subconscious records his mental act and reacts according to the mental intention or motivation. Your subconscious mind is impersonal and unchanging, neither considering persons nor respecting religious affiliations or institutions of any kind. It is neither compassionate nor vindictive. The way you think, feel, and act toward others returns at last upon yourself. The daily headlines made him sick. Begin now to observe yourself. Observe your reactions to people, conditions, and circumstances. How do you respond to the events and news of the day? It makes no difference at all the other people were wrong and you alone were right. If the news disturbs you, it is your evil because your negative emotions robbed you of peace and harmony. A woman wrote me about her husband, saying that he goes into a rage when he reads what certain newspaper columnists write in the newspaper. She added that this constant reaction of anger and suppressed rage on his part brought on bleeding ulcers, and his physician recommended an emotional reconditioning. I invited this man to see me and I explained to him the way his mind functions, indicating how emotionally immature it was to get angry when others write articles with which he disapproves or disagrees. He began to realize that he should give the newspaper man freedom to express himself even though the latter disagreed with him politically, religiously, or in any other way. In the same manner, the newspaper man would give him freedom to write a letter to the newspaper, disagreeing with his published statements. He learned that he could disagree without being disagreeable. He awakened to the simple truth that it is never what a person says or does that affects him. It is his reaction to what is said or done that matters. This explanation was the cure for this man, and he realized that with a little practice he could master his morning tantrums. His wife told me subsequently that he laughed at himself and also at what the columnists say. They no longer have power to disturb, annoy, and irritate him. His ulcers have disappeared due to his emotional poise and serenity. I hate women, but I like men. A private secretary was very bitter towards some of the girls in her office because they were gossiping about her and, as she said, spreading vicious lies about her. She admitted that she did not like women. She said, I hate women, but I like men. I discovered also that she spoke to the girls who were under her in the office in a very haughty, imperious, and irritable tone of voice. She pointed out that they took a delight in making things difficult for her. There was a certain pomposity in her way of speaking, and I could see where her tone of voice would affect some people unpleasantly. If all the people in the office or factory annoy you, isn't it a possibility that the vibration, annoyance, and turmoil may be due to some subconscious pattern or mental projection from you? We know that a dog will react ferociously if you hate or fear dogs, Animals pick up your subconscious vibrations and react accordingly. Many undisciplined human beings are just as sensitive as dogs, cats, and other animals. I suggested a process of prayer to this private secretary who hated women, explaining to her that when she began to identify herself with spiritual values and commenced to affirm the truths of life, her voice, mannerisms, and hatred of women would completely disappear. She was surprised to know that the emotion of hatred shows up in a person's speech, actions, in his writings, and in all phases of his life. She ceased reacting in the typical, resentful, and angry way. She established a pattern of prayer, which she practiced regularly, systematically, and consciously in the office. The prayer was as follows, I think, speak, and act lovingly, quietly, and peacefully. I now radiate love, peace, tolerance, and kindliness to all the girls who criticized me and gossiped about me. I anchor my thoughts on peace, harmony, and good will to all. Whenever I am about to react negatively, I say firmly to myself, I am going to think, speak, and act from the standpoint of the principle of harmony, health, and peace within myself. Creative intelligence leads, rules, and guides me in all my ways. The practice of this prayer transformed her life, and she found that all criticism and annoyance ceased. The girls became co-workers and friends along life's journey. She discovered that there is no one to change but myself. His inner speech held back his promotion. One day a salesman came to see me and described his difficulties in working with the sales manager of his organization. He had been with the company ten years and had received no promotion or recognition of any kind. He showed me his sales figures, which were greater proportionally than the other men in the territory. He said that the sales manager did not like him, that he was unjustly treated, and that at conferences the manager was rude to him, and at times ridiculed his suggestions. I explained that undoubtedly the cause was to a great degree within himself, and that his concept and belief about his superior bore witness to the reaction of this man. The measure we meet shall be measured to us again. His mental measure or concept of the sales manager was that he was mean and cantankerous. He was filled with bitterness and hostility toward the executive. On his way to work, he conducted a vigorous conversation with himself filled with criticism, mental arguments, recriminations, and denunciations of his sales manager. What he gave out mentally, he was inevitably bound to get back. This salesman realized that his inner speech was highly destructive because the intensity and force of his silent thoughts and emotions and personally conducted mental condemnation and vilification of the sales manager entered into his own subconscious mind. This brought about the negative response from his boss as well as creating many other personal, physical, and emotional disorders. He began to pray frequently as follows, I am the only thinker in my universe. I am responsible for what I think about my boss. My sales manager is not responsible for the way I think about him. I refuse to give power to any person, place, or thing to annoy me or disturb me. I wish health, success, peace of mind, and happiness for my boss. I sincerely wish him well, and I know he is divinely guided in all his ways. He repeated this prayer out loud slowly, quietly, and feelingly, knowing that his mind is like a garden and that whatever he plants in the garden will come forth like seeds after their kind. I also told him to practice mental imagery prior to sleep in this way. He imagined that his sales manager was congratulating him on his fine work, on his zeal and enthusiasm, and on his wonderful response from customers. He felt the reality of all this, felt his handshake, heard the tone of his voice and saw him smile. He made a real mental movie, dramatizing it to the best of his ability. Night after night, he conducted this mental movie, knowing that his subconscious mind was the receptive plate on which his conscious imagery would be impressed. Gradually, by a process of what may be termed mental and spiritual osmosis, the impression was made on his subconscious mind, and the expression automatically came forth. The sales manager subsequently called him up to San Francisco, congratulated him and gave him a new assignment as division sales manager over 100 men with a big increase in salary. He changed his concept and estimate of his boss and the latter responded accordingly. Becoming emotionally mature What the other person says or does cannot really annoy or irritate you except you permit him to disturb you. The only way he can annoy you is through your own thought. For example, if you get angry, you have to go through four stages in your mind. You begin to think about what he said. You decide to get angry and generate an emotion of rage. Then you decide to act. Perhaps you talk back and react in kind. You see that the thought, emotion, reaction, and action all take place in your mind. When you become emotionally mature, you do not respond negatively to the criticism and resentment of others. To do so would mean that you had descended to that state of low mental vibration and become one with the negative atmosphere of the other. Identify yourself with your aim in life, and you do not permit any person, place, or thing to deflect you from your inner sense of peace, tranquility, and radiant health. The Meaning of Love and Harmonious Human Relations Sigmund Freyde, the Australian founder of Psychoanalysis, said that unless the personality has love, it sickens and dies. Love includes understanding, goodwill, and respect for the divinity in the other person. The more love and goodwill you emanate and exude, the more comes back to you. If you puncture the other fellow's ego and wound his estimate of himself, you cannot gain his goodwill. Recognize that every man wants to be loved and appreciated and made to feel important in the world. Realize that the other man is conscious of his true worth and that, like yourself, he feels the dignity of being an expression of the One Life Principle animating all men. As you do this consciously and knowingly, you build the other person up and he returns your love and goodwill. He hated audiences. An actor told me that the audience booed and hissed him on his first appearance on the stage. He added that the play was badly written and that undoubtedly he did not play a good role. He admitted openly to me that for months afterward he hated audiences. He called them dopes, dummies, stupid, ignorant, gullible, etc. He quit the stage in disgust and went to work in the drugstore for a year. One day a friend invited him to hear a lecture in Town Hall, New York City on How to Get Along with Ourselves. This lecture changed his life. He went back to the stage and began to pray sincerely for the audience and himself. He poured out love and goodwill every night before appearing on the stage. He made it a habit to claim that the peace of God filled the hearts of all present, and that all present were lifted up and inspired. During each performance, he sent out love vibrations to the audience. Today he is a great actor and he loves and respects people. His goodwill and esteem are transmitted to others and are felt by them. Handling Difficult People There are difficult people in the world who are twisted and distorted mentally. They are malconditioned. Many are mental delinquents, argumentative, uncooperative, cantankerous, cynical, and sour on life. They are sick psychologically. Many people have deformed and distorted minds. Probably warped during childhood many have congenial deformities You would not condemn a person who had tuberculosis nor should you condemn a person who is mentally ill No one for example hates or resents a hunchback. There are many mental hunchbacks You should have compassion and understanding to understand all is to forgive all misery loves company the hateful frustrated distorted and twisted Personality is out of tune with the infinite He resents those who are peaceful, happy, and joyous. Usually, he criticizes, condemns, and vilifies those who have been very good and kind to him. His attitude is this. Why should they be so happy when he is so miserable? He wants to drag them down to his own level. Misery loves company. When you understand this, you remain unmoved, calm, and dispassionate. The Practice of Empathy in Human Relations A girl visited me recently, stating that she hated another girl in her office. She gave as a reason that the other girl was prettier, happier, and wealthier than she, and in addition was engaged to the boss of the company where they worked. One day after the marriage had taken place, the crippled daughter, by a former marriage of the woman whom she hated, came into the office. The child put her arms around her mother and said, Mommy, Mommy, I love my new daddy. Look what he gave me. She showed her mother a wonderful new toy. She said to me, my heart went out to that little girl and I knew how happy she must feel. I got a vision of how happy this woman was. All of a sudden, I felt love for her and I went into the office and wished her all the happiness in the world and I meant it. In psychological circles today, this is called empathy, which simply means the imaginative projection of your mental attitude into that of another. She projected her mental mood or the feeling of her heart into that of the older woman and began to think and look out through the other woman's brain. She was actually thinking and feeling as the other woman, and also as the child, because she likewise had projected herself into the mind of the child. She was looking out from the vantage point of the child's mother. If tempted to injure or think ill of another, project yourself mentally into the mind of Moses and think from the standpoint of the Ten Commandments. Appeasement never wins. Do not permit people to take advantage of you or gain their point by temper tantrums, crying jags, or so-called heart attacks. These people are dictators who try to enslave you and make you do their bidding. Be firm, but kind, and refuse to yield. Appeasement never wins. Refuse to contribute to their delinquency, selfishness, and possessiveness. Remember, do that which is right. You are here to fulfill your ideal and remain true to the eternal virilities and spiritual values of life, which are eternal. Give no one in all the world the power to deflect you from your goal, your aim in life, which is to express your hidden talents to the world, to serve humanity, and to reveal more and more of God's wisdom, truth, and beauty to all people in the world. Remain true to your ideal. Know definitely and absolutely that whatever contributes to your peace, happiness, and fulfillment must of necessity bless all men who walk the earth. The harmony of the part is the harmony of the whole, for the whole is in the part, and the part is in the whole. All you owe the other, as Paul says, is love, and love is the fulfilling of the law of health, happiness, and peace of mind.